first topic today, you know, this is the way we do the show. John sends me topics and I just prompt him on the topics because he's the expert in this field. And the first topic is Hall of Fame. And John, I want to congratulations, congratulate you on finally making the Hall of Fame. I made it to the Hall of Fame luncheon, the induction. Okay. Well, that's yeah, better was, than I've ever done. So I give you credit. <laughs> I was invited to attend the Minnesota State High School League Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and I sat in the back of the room. All of this makes a lot of sense. So anyway, yeah, Jim, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, we'll catch up on some high school stuff here. And this the Hall of Fame was held Sunday. It's interesting, as far as state high school league events, nothing happens on Sunday. We, we don't allow games, practices, nothing can happen on Sundays, except basically every other year we have our Hall of Fame induction luncheon generally at a hotel on, on a you know, one o'clock on Sunday. That was the case here. And it was, it was really great. Um, and we're kind of back on track. It's another sign of post pandemic life getting back to normal. Generally the uh, induction ceremonies held every other year in odd numbered years. Uh, so we had it in 2019. We should have had another one a year ago, but we held off for a year and now it's back. We'll, can, we'll get back on the every other year cycle. Um, and we had 13 people inducted into the Minnesota State High School League Hall of Fame. And this has been around for a while. The first class was inducted in 1991. So there are some big names in there, you know, um, if you look at the lists over the years. And we got a big name in there this year. A young man named Joe Maurer headlines this class and uh, – it was just so sweet. You know, Joe was there with his mom and dad and everybody wanted to get a picture with Joe or an autograph from Joe. And he signed every autograph pose for every photo. He hung around for like nearly an hour afterwards just to accommodate everybody who wanted 10 seconds with Joe. It was just the greatest thing posed for pictures. You know, we have a professional photographer there to take group photos and then, you know, the inductees, if they want to have a photo taken with their spouse or their family. So here's Joe and his mom and dad posing for formal photos. It was the neatest thing you've ever seen. And uh, another another big name inducted was Lisa Lissamore, who uh, this is the final week of Lisa's 34-year career with the high school league. So she was inducted. Uh, Larry McKenzie, the Minneapolis North boys basketball coach. And just a whole a whole long list of, of really deserving people, uh, you know, coaches, former athletes, officials, administrators, uh, from all you know, from speech, debate, wrestling, you name it. It was a good class. This was uh, held Sunday at the Minneapolis and Marriott Northwest. The lunch was great. It was just so much fun. And I've been around so long, Jim. One of the things I really enjoy about these Hall of Fame ceremonies is. A lot of these people who were inducted in past years, they come to this thing every, you know, every time it's held. And it's kind of a reunion of these high school league Hall of Famers. So I got to see, you know, several people. I don't see that often, some some retired coaches or administrators, whatever it is. And so it was really fun. I'm glad that's back. That's just another sign that that normal life is is uh, is uh, back in our midst, I think. That's great stuff. I, what I really like about this is, you know, some people at a certain point in their lives, they, they, you know, let's face it, Joe Maurer has been unemployed for a long time. And this might have been the perfect place for him to find a career. <laughs> there you go. I think we should make him an umpire. Let's get there Joe you go. There. You know what? I love it. Joe, 
Joe could officiate multiple sports. He was a superstar in three sports. Let's get him out there. He can make a little extra money, have some fun, get out in the sun. Why not? Come on, Joe. That's what we do here. We solve problems. Uh, this is Prep Save with John Millay. He's John Millay. He's the guy who went to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, John goes all over the state. It's nice that sometimes you get to cover something that isn't a 800-mile drive. Uh, this this show is part of TalkNorth.com. Brianne Burdett is our, our producer. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. We do recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app for this show or the network. It's free. It is the easiest way to listen. And thank you to our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and TCO. We'll tell you more about them later. Let's move on now to state speech. Yeah, just a little quick hit here, Jim, the state speech tournament. Speaking of things coming back to normal, we had an in-person state speech tournament last weekend at Eastview High School in Apple Valley. This was one of those things in the spring of 2020. It just did not happen. And last year, the state speech tournament was held on Zoom. So this was a great big celebration in a lot of ways. The first in-person state speech tournament since 2019. And it was really great. I, I hung out over there a little bit. And uh, it's just a, it's a neat event. So many talented kids. And the team state champions this year are Moorhead in Class AA, Melrose in Class A. The Spuds had four state champions among the 13 individual categories. The Dutchman of Melrose had three gold medalists. Congrats to all the qualifiers, all the medalists, the teams. And if you go to mshsl.org, the high school league website, you can see all the uh, all the results in all 13 categories. It was It was really a fun time. Excellent. Uh, let's get a weather update because we don't, okay. here in Minnesota, we don't talk enough about the weather. No, I never, it just people, we're not interested most of the time, I guess, but Hey, I was fortunate. Uh, we're talking here Wednesday afternoon on Tuesday. I went to my second track meet of the year, uh, the Roseville invitational, beautiful facility at Roseville high school. Uh, they've got three turf fields. They've got, you know, it's just, it's a great school. It's, it's a great gym. The, uh, the outdoor stuff is first rate. The sun was shining. The temps were in the, you know, mid to upper forties. The feel like temperature was in the thirties, but it was okay. I wasn't as bundled up as I could have been. Everyone was, was just happy to be out there. And it's interesting when, when we have the kind of weather we have this spring, I think, especially in track and field, the conditions have such a large impact on performances so at this point in the year, you know, nobody's posting great times or great heights or great distances, but, but once the weather's warmer, you know, things will pick up and some of the athletes I think are struggling in, in all spring sports because there hasn't been that outdoor time to practice and play. Everybody's kind of getting rounded into shape, but uh, what matters the most is participating and that's happening. I'm seeing just today, you know, photos from, from even up North of uh, events going on, even though there's, there might be snow piled on the sidelines of a baseball field or whatever it is. So we're getting there slowly. Uh, and speaking of track, there's a big track meet Friday night. Uh, other than the state championships, this is my favorite track meet of the year, the Hamlin Elite Meet, another event that has not been held since 2019. And this is really cool. It's it, There's no classes. This is just athletes basically submit their performances in their events and basically the top eight in the state in every event go. And there's uh, just races and, and you can have a class A kid against a class triple A kid. This is the first year of three class track. It's really fun. So I'll be there Friday evening. I think it starts at 530 in Hamlin. If you're a track person, it's uh, it's really fun. 
Good stuff. Hey, let's uh, let's remember one of the greats. But first, tell us about Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yeah, um, as always, great things happening with the Pizza Barn. Um, uh, you know, the food trucks. I want to talk about the food trucks right now. They're just they're just booming. Um, so here this week alone, so we're talking on a Wednesday. Here, here's what's going to happen starting Thursday with the Pizza Barn food trucks. Thursday, uh, there'll be a truck at Visitation School in Mendota Heights. That is not Princeton. That's that's deep into the Twin Cities. So that's a major drive. Good for them. Uh, Visitation School. Uh, good on you for for lining up a pizza bar and food truck. That's Thursday. On Friday, there will be a food truck at Thunder Brothers Brewery in a, in Isanti. On Saturday, there will be a food truck at Backshed Brewing in Waite Park. And then on Sunday. Uh, which is Church Day at the Trinity Emmanuel Spring Fling at Trinity Lutheran Church in Princeton. That's a pretty good sample size of what these food trucks at the Pizza Barn are doing. And, you know, there's two of them now, so it's 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 even easier. And, and clearly, if they're going to Mendota Heights, distance is not an issue. So if you'd like to book one of these food trucks for a graduation party, a, a wedding a class reunion, a family event, uh, you can, you can do it. It's very easy. They'll do all the work. You know, obviously they'll come to you. If you go to their website, pizzabarnprinceton.com, you can, you can find the contact information and Jody Stay, who runs the ship up there. She will answer personally. She'll answer all your questions about availability and pricing and those food trucks. Uh, clearly, as we know, they will travel just about anywhere. And uh, it's a great it's a great community owned business. We're, we're just thrilled to have the Pizza Barn uh, as our as our sponsor on this podcast. Yes, thank you to Jody Stay, and we do highly recommend the food if you can get there or ordering the food truck. And now let's talk about TCO. Yep, TCO, um, great things happening there. You know, it's funny, I was at this track meet at Roseville High School, and I kind of wander around. I've got my bag, you know, and my uh, camera, my notebook, and chatting with people, coaches I know, kids I, I'm interested in. And, and I, I happened to just kind of walk up to where the athletic trainers were set up uh, by the goalposts on one of the football field. And, Two very nice Twin Cities Orthopedics athletic trainers. And their job is to take care of the athletes at Roseville High School. They were fantastic. Uh, it's a great company. And uh, they've opened a new state-of-the-art clinic in Brooklyn Park, part of the 610 Crossings Development, north of the 610 off-ramp, south of 96th Avenue North, where patients will n do not only have access to first-class orthopedic care, advanced imaging, MRI, but also physical therapy, hand therapy, therapy, and pelvic health therapy. It's all there. And we've talked previously about Braden Carrington, Mr. Basketball this year from Park Center, uh, led his team to the, to the 4A state championship. Had a great season to remember. And as we've talked about before, Braden almost did not have a senior basketball season because of an injury he suffered uh, prior to the season during AAU ball. Had a knee injury. Tried to play through the pain. Uh, the uh, athletic trainers at Park Center High School, another school that partners with TCO, sent him to a TCO clinic for physical therapy, and it literally saved his senior season. Got back to 100%, kept working at it during the season to make sure his knee was strong. 
and he's going to be playing with the Gophers. And boy, we're getting excited about this uh, Gophers men's basketball team with the people coming in next year, including Braden. And if you go to any of the Twin Cities orthopedic social media channels, there's a great video about Braden. And as we've talked about before, again, uh, there's a grand opening of that Brooklyn Park TCO on Saturday, May 21st from 11 to 2, a family-friendly event. It's free. It's open to the public. This will be this will be heavy on Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the mascot Victor will be there. Vikings cheerleaders, the skull line, uh, some special guests. The first 150 people receive a swag bag. There will be chances to win Vikings memorabilia, tours of the facility, games and activities for all ages, and of course, a pizza barn food truck will be there. So that's going to be awesome. We'll be there, Jim. We'll be doing a show. It's going to be great. It will be. Uh, and thank you for setting all that up. All right, Alex, remember one of the greats. Yeah, I don't know if people in the in the metro know Con Natvig as well as people up north a little bit do. Conley Eugene Con Natvig was a legendary football coach. I met Con a few years ago. He was 79 when he passed away on April 19th. Con was one of these guys. Everybody knew Con. Everybody loved Con. And he lived quite a life, most of it in Swanville. He taught health and physical education in Swanville from 1966 to 1999. That's a good run. He coached football, wrestling, baseball, basketball. He was the athletic director. He, he ran the summer rec program for more than 50 years. And he also was an assistant football coach in Browerville for 17 years before returning to Swanville to help coach the Patriots through the 2021 season. I felt really fortunate. I was at a game in Swanville several years ago and got to hang out with Khan on the sidelines a little bit. And this game was held at Khan Natvig Field. So the place is named after Khan. And this is really cool for a, for a high school football coach. There's going to be a celebration of life Saturday, May 7th at Khan Natvig Field in Swanville starting at 11 a.m with refreshments to follow at Swanville High School, which is just uh, within walking distance. Coaches who attend are encouraged to wear their game shirts. So I can't say I knew Khan that big well, but I knew Khan, certainly knew of Khan, and, and everybody who knew him just just revered him. That's great stuff. Uh, you know, that's one of the, the honors of our profession is getting to tell people's stories to people who might not hear about them otherwise. And that reminds me of uh, my high school football coach in Grettinger, Iowa, Rod Huff, who was like two years out of college when he came and coached junior high football for a year or two, then became the varsity coach. Now he's retired. His his sons are coaches there now. His grandkids are in school and and the football field is named after him, Rod Huff Field. It's just when I was reading all this about Khan and thankfully my high school coach, Rod Huff, he's, he's still with us. He's doing fine. So it's just it's a great thing. No doubt about it. All right, let's get to a couple of our set pieces. The first is thank a ref. Yeah, this is not the typical thank a ref, although we always, of course, want to thank our officials. And we've talked before about how when the spring sports season gets collapsed on itself, like it is this year with so many changes, it's a challenge, you know, sometimes finding officials. But uh, there's a Hall of Fame umpire. Um, Larry Gallagher is his name. Larry doesn't umpire anymore. He's He's getting up there in age. But he's a, he was inducted into the High School League Hall of Fame years ago. So he was at the uh, at the luncheon on Sunday, and he had a baseball with him, a special baseball. It had been signed by a very few select Twins players. I, I held it in my hands. I think I, I may have seen Rod Carew's autograph on there, Tony Oliva's. I might have seen Paul Molitor's. 
and he wondered if it was possible to have Joe Maurer sign it during during this luncheon before the formal induction started. So Pam Inninger, one of the talented people who works in the high school league office, and, and Pam's job is working with officials. So she knows Larry very well. Larry had had given the ball to Pam and just wondered, is it possible to have Joe sign this? This is when everybody's seated. All 300 people are seated in this ballroom. The staff is starting to bring the salads around. We're going to start the meal. And I'm at a table way in the back, the very back of the room. Pam's back there too. So we're standing back there looking at this baseball and we're looking at Joe Maurer, who's in the very front of the room. There's 300 people between Pam and I and Joe Maurer and, and we just, I just said to Pam, let's go, let's, let's go up there. I, I'd already chatted with Joe earlier and, and I knew Joe wouldn't have a problem with it. So we walked around all the tables and tried not to make a spectacle of ourselves. And I just kind of leaned over, interrupted Joe and excuse me, guys. Uh, hey, Joe, there's a hall of fame umpire here. He'd love it if you could sign this very special baseball. And of course, Joe just smiled, said, no problem, you know, signed it. And uh, so we, we made Larry's day. Uh, Joe, like I said before, Joe was so great. It was, uh, you know, really neat to have a, a big timer like that acting like the smallest small timer in the world. But you and I have, have covered Joe. I covered him in high school and some with the twins and you know, Joe well, and, that's how he is. I mean, that's Joe. There's no fake Joe Maurer. He's the he's he's that way in every facet of his life. So we were Pam and I were happy to to get that autograph for Larry, who's just a great guy. That's great. Uh, and by the way, uh, Joe's mom was a hell heck of an athlete. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, she, I, yeah, I think both a, parents were, but but especially yeah. Teresa. Yeah, she was a teammate. You know, Lisa Lissamore, new Hall of Famer, played on the very first Double A girls basketball state championship team, I think in 1976, she and Teresa were starters on that team. Mm -hmm. There's some, there's some athletes there and it, they, you know, and they, they've known each other for since they were kids and, and, you know, Lisa's known Joe since, well, all the boys, all three Mauer boys since they were little runs running around. And so that was kind of neat to see those two, you know, tremendous athletes get together and, and have Lisa and Joe inducted at the same time. Yes, uh, that's quite a class. Hey, by the way, speaking of thank yous, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. If you'd ever like to advertise with this show or anywhere across the network, you know anybody who runs a business who wants to be involved, you can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. We continue to grow the network, add shows, we're adding variety shows. We have tons of great outdoor content, The Flush, Destination Polaris. This time of year, you might want to listen to the John Krasinski show, the ex, you know, foremost expert on the Timberwolves. We're also doing tons of draft stuff, pre and post NFL draft with John Krasinski and Jeff Diamond, the former Vikings general manager. And of course, Cheryl Reeve, the great uh, Lynx coach with the Lynx season coming, coming up, check it all out. And we do appreciate it. Let's go to uh, most valuable teammate now. Yeah. This week's most valuable teammate, a weekly honor uh, through the Minnesota state high school league is Bryce Paulson, a senior at Sauk Rapids high school. Bryce is a leader on the speech team a speech team member since eighth grade, a two-time entrant at state as well as nationals in speech. He's been a team captain for two years, raising the standards of what a speech team can be by being quick to offer assistance to teammates. Bryce has a grade point average of 4.14 while working and taking college classes. And Bryce's work ethic is matched only by his time and talent. Congratulations to Bryce Paulson of Sauk Rapids Rice for being the latest, most valuable teammate. Good stuff. And you're headed to where now? 
Wilmer. I'm going to Wilmer next week, Jim. It's it's the greatest place in the world, and you're not gonna you can't change my mind. I'm I've done this before. Uh, this another thing that kind of was shut down by the pandemic a few years ago. I I was encouraging schools. You know, when when athletes sign scholarships and go to college, schools have these wonderful signing ceremonies. And I, I years ago, a school in Iowa, I was I, I found out I learned was doing signing ceremonies for future teachers. And I thought that is about the best idea I've ever heard. So I was encouraging schools in Minnesota to do that. A lot of them did it. Then it's one of those things that during the pandemic, you just couldn't do that. But they're back now. Um, so I'm going to be at Wilmer High School Next week, one morning before school, they're going to honor their graduating seniors who plan to become educators. They've invited me to speak at that, which I'll gladly do. I've done this before uh, in Wilmer. Great people there. Um, just great people, great school, great community. It's a special place. So, yeah, going to Wilmer. I'm excited. I do some radio hits out there, WKLM, uh, I think it is. I'm, I'm so bad at that stuff. Uh, so if you run into any radio people, tell them I said hello. Uh, and I actually go and play in a golf tournament one there once a year, too. All righty. Let's go to uh, the next Heather Van Norman. Yeah, this is kind of a brewing story, Jim. And I don't want to jinx anybody. But, you know, if NFL fans know Heather Van Norman as Odell Beckham Jr.'s mom. You know, and she's a track coach down at LSU or Tulane. She's been at both schools. But, you know, older Minnesota track fans knew about her in the 80s. She did something spectacular in 1987. Heather Van Norman from Wyndham High School won a state team championship in track all by herself. Mm-hmm. She won the 100, the 200, and the 400 at the Class A state meet. That was worth 30 points. Wyndham wins the 1987 Class A track team championship with one athlete scoring points. Now, I'm working on a story about somebody who could do that this year. I'm not going to tip my hand. It's a, it's a well-known name in track and field circles to, to the real hardcore Minnesota track fans. And this person, uh, it's not – I've talked to some people who, who know about these things. This is not out of the realm of possibility, this high school athlete could win a state team title solo. So I'm not going to talk about who it is. I'm working on the story. It may be posted before the Hamlin elite meet on Friday. I'm not sure of the timing. I've got some more, some more work to do on it, but we, we will definitely talk about this athlete in the future. So, so stay tuned for that. I don't, I, I don't want to put pressure on anybody and, and predict they're going to do what Heather Van Norman did, but this would be pretty awesome. I did a piece on Odell going into the Super Bowl. And I uh, had a couple people, and you know, I mentioned uh, Heather Van Norman, and I had a couple people email me talking about the fact that she, uh, yeah, did everything you said. She also originally committed to the University of Minnesota, and then LSU was like, well, you know, maybe you want to run where it's warm, and we win national championships all the time. But, but I mean, Minnesota did have a line on her originally. That's right. Any final thoughts for us today, John? No, I'm excited to go to Wilmer. And, you know, one thing I, I was talking to our, a guy, you know, Tom West with the Vikings, we were yes. communicating today and, and he was telling me that uh, this could be a first, we could have two Minnesota, former Minnesota high school football players taken in the first round of the draft draft 
Thursday here, Nick, tomorrow, Jermaine Johnson of Eden Prairie, Boy Mafe of Hopkins and the University of Minnesota. And I put it on Twitter. The speculation is that's never happened. Two Minnesota high school football players taken in the first round of the draft. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm waiting for somebody on Twitter to say, whoa, 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 and then tell me when this has happened before. I haven't seen that yet. It could it could it could be possible, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's uh, we love our locals. We love our Minnesota kids in big time sporting events. It's also funny too, you know. Sometimes uh, you know people in our business and draft experts kind of downplay the local angle, and I bet the Vikings wish they could go back and take Antoine Winfield instead of the cornerbacks they took. And you know, at the time, everybody's saying, "No, you have to take the corner. That's that's the fit for the Minnesota Vikings. Don't just go for the local guy." But everybody knew so much about Winfield and knew he was going to be a good NFL player. He probably would have been the right pick. And you know what, Jermaine Johnson could go to. Theoretically, he could go to the Vikings in the first round. Uh, you know, they're, awesome. they're, yeah, it's it's not the most likely scenario, but it is one of the possibilities on the table. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Yes. Hey, thanks again to Brian Burdett. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. And again, check out everything at TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app, and we'll talk to you again next week.